loves my baby, but my baby don't love nobody but me. Welcome back, everyone, to I'm No Genius. As always, I'm Eli. I'm joined today by Grant and Drew. This is a very special episode of I'm No Genius. Today, we are going to be giving our review of the entirety of Game of Thrones. Uh, I've been trying to figure out like what we're going to call this like series of ours that we're going to do if we just keep on reviewing shows and, and movies and stuff. Uh, what, do, what do you guys think of The Incompetent Critic? Because that's pretty much what we are. That, perfect. I, I like I it. Perfect. I like that a lot. See, I'm so, I'm, I mean, on, I'm on fire with these names, dude. Yes, sir. Spoiler but, spoiler alerts ahead. If you're yes. currently watching it, yeah. If you're uh, if you're if you're back. if you're watching it right now, do not listen to this. Watch the rest of the show and then <laughs> listen to this afterwards. But before we jump in, Grant thinks he is Moon Knight, and I want to know why. Yeah, so something really weird happened last night. Um, I don't sleepwalk typically, but I've been told that I do sleep talk occasionally or I'll just like mumble some stuff. But um, so last night we all go to bed. I mean, pretty early. We were all asleep by like 12, except for Jarrett. Jarrett was up a little bit later. Um, He was just playing MLB The Show. So I go to bed. I wake up at seven and I look to my right and I see Drew, which shouldn't happen because Drew's in the other room. So I somehow managed to get into Jarrett's bed. So I wake up, I'm in Jarrett's bed. So I walk over to my bed and Jarrett's just laying there. And I'm like, dude, what happened? He's like, oh, you don't remember? You came in at like 3.30 and you just laid down. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> so apparently I last night I slept walk around like 3 30 4 o'clock and I just walked over and laid down in Jared's bed and instead of waking me up Jared just decided just to go lay in my bed which we were like talking about we were like why didn't you just but yeah I mean, I mean like I mean you know that you know what they say like if you ever encounter a sleepwalker it's best to not try to wake him up don't wake them up yeah I mean I, I, that's pretty polite I mean kudos to Jared like i mean just yeah. just not waking you up dude but <laughs> i just walked over at seven i tapped on him i'm like what's happening he was like you don't remember was like obviously so then i was thinking i was like i wonder if i've ever done this before but i don't think i have i think that was like the first time i've actually slept walk but it was Jeez. just really weird how i just went and lay down in his bed <laughs> well grant yeah. worst case scenario you just had a rough night or uh, no best case worst case scenario you just had a rough night uh best case scenario you have an alter ego and you're a superhero. Exactly. So exactly. either if way, you watch that show. That's also another great show, but yeah. um, I'm sure, I'm um, sure we'll, we'll, we'll see if it happens again. I'm sure we'll do an episode of, of moon Knight later on down the road, but yep. now back to the task at hand guys. Uh, we're all huge fans of game of Thrones. We're well-versed in the lore of Westeros. Um, what I'm thinking, we just go through, I'm going to give a quick summary of each season, and then we talk about how we feel about it afterwards. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so uh, without any further ado, welcome everyone to the first episode of The Incompetent Critic, presented by I'm No Genius, and uh, let's get right into season one of Game of Thrones. So, in the land of Westeros, 
we're introduced to all of our main characters, the Starks, the Lannisters, the Clegane brothers, uh, Varys, Night's Watch, and the Baratheons. Uh, White Walkers in the first scene. Really cool. Really cool way to start the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the show starts, uh, John Aaron, who's the Hand of the King, he dies unexpectedly. And uh, Robert Baratheon, who's the king, asks his old friend from the war, Ned Stark, to take his position. Uh, Jamie Lannister tries to kill Bran Stark after he catches him and Cersei doing the deed. So not the best way to, you know, start off his reputation. Uh, Ned, Arya, Santa, they all go to King's Landing. Jon Snow goes to the Night's Watch. Catelyn Stark tries to discover the truth. Uh, with the help of Littlefinger, Ned Stark tries to find out why Jon Arryn died. Uh, Tyrion Lannister is captured by Liza Tully, but is released by Braun after he defends him in a trial by combat. And look, I know you guys, I don't know how you guys feel about Braun, but me and Colin, we absolutely love him. I would love your thoughts on him right now. Just like interrupt me. Oh, I love Braun. Yeah. 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 He's, he's one of my favorite characters. I mean, I, 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 go ahead, Drew. No, I I just that's the thing is there's so many characters. Well, I mean, I'm sure we'll get into it later and talk about it some more. But the characters that there's main characters that when you go from one scene to another, or you're like, obviously you have like Daenerys and you have like Ned and you have all these and the Starks. And it's like the people that it's based around, but the side characters that it doesn't even like, like you never see Braun by himself really without any other main characters, but he's right. still such an interesting and really great character that you always want to see, even though he's just technically a side character, I guess you would call him. But yeah, I mean, I think yeah. that's the, that's the mark of a good show, especially in game of Thrones. Like all these side characters could be main characters in like their own shows. Yeah. That, that's how interesting they are. By the way, guys, I, I don't mean to interrupt myself, but I, I bought this today. It's a game of Thrones poster. The, this guy, Oh, it's upside down. <laughs> this this guy was selling these posters for like 15 bucks outside of the Ohio oh, that's sweet. yeah i got got fire and blood king in the north the red wedding we're gonna so i mean cool. i mean like for those of you who are listening right now you probably don't know what we're talking about yet but don't worry we're gonna address everything uh <laughs> yeah where was i um so Tyrion lannister Bronn defends him robert baratheon dies after being stabbed by the boar and uh, eventually we find out that it was a setup. He was it was planned. Uh Ned Stark uh, discovers that the Lannisters killed John Aaron and he also knows that uh Cersei and uh Jamie, you know, bop bop and then uh he is killed shortly after, sadly. He well, you know, I really liked Ned. Uh Arya flees the capital. Rob Stark declares war on the new king Joffrey Baratheon. Armies of the North capture Jamie, Jamie Lannister. And while all of this is happening in the land of Essos, we meet Daener- Daenerys Targaryen, Jorah Mormont, Khal Drogo, and Viserys Targaryen. Uh, Danny is married to Khal Drogo so that Viserys will gain soldiers. Khal Drogo kills Viserys after he threatens the life of Danny and their unborn child together. And uh, Khal Drogo is killed in combat, and Daenerys loses their unborn child, sadly. And at the end of the season, Daenerys's three dragon eggs finally hatch. Guys, I absolutely love season one. It's like my second favorite season, I think. Like it's 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 beautiful. Your thoughts? You go first, Grant. Um, I spent the first half of season one just trying to learn everyone's name because there are so many different stories going on at the same time that it's so hard to like. Yeah, the first half of it was 
I mean, I might have to rewatch it, but I, uh, it did a great job just kind of like setting everything in motion. And then once it got towards the end of the first season, like all the stories really started to pick up and it like uh, did a great job. Right. I don't know where I was going with that. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Drew, what's up? Uh, I think that's the thing is my first time watching it through. And I definitely recommend to anybody that's seen it once to watch it again, just because the, it is crazy. It's the best setup I think to any show ever, just because every single, it seems like every single sentence was like foreshadowing for everything else to happen in the show. It was like, nothing was left. Like, I mean, there's, you can name so many things like obviously Ned talking about his sister and talking to John about, what the future of that was going to be yeah you have, uh aria who obviously is talking about being like she wants to be a warrior she wants to be a warrior she wants to be a warrior and everyone keeps shooting her down or whatever and then you know obviously later what she develops into like all the characters show what they are going to be essentially without you really knowing it when you're watching it the first time and then i think ned dying is such a great setup later too because it's like what Cersei says to him, like in Game of Thrones, you either what she says, you either die or you win. Yeah, and that's the thing is like you're there's no honor. There's an, it's it's just a free for all basically. And Ned didn't understand that. And in the first season, you don't really understand that. And then once you see it happen and all that, it gets pushed launched into it and it actually starts. I don't know. I think there's enough action to where it's still fun to watch, but it's <laughs> slower than the rest of the seasons. But yeah. it's still, it's just, I think it's a near perfect season. And it's probably my third favorite season. But definitely okay. one of the craziest last episodes of any season, I guess, besides probably season four, probably top that. But yeah, I mean, the whole, it seemed like the whole first season was centered around Ned Stark. Yeah. And then, like, you're expecting this guy to be in the show for a really long time. And then he's not. Right. So, um, I mean, I mean, they get, they get Sean Bean. Who is probably the most well-known actor before before the show took place? Out of everyone, I mean, they get him to play the main character, and you know, it could have like, like you know, at surface value, it could have been seen as like, oh my gosh, they just killed off the main character just to shock fans or whatever. But no, like, like I mean, Ned Stark was not long for this world. He was literally, he was quite literally too good for this world, so he had to be killed. They and the, to do that set everything else in motion. Yeah, and the thing is, if he would have lived, he would have solved all the problems before they even came about. Mm -hmm. So he had to go, or else we wouldn't have a show. Yeah, I'm, I'm yep. spitting, I'm spitting rhymes over here. But all in all, season one is is so precious to me. I think it's the perfect setup to this amazing show. And uh, after I watched it, I watched I watched all of season one within like two days because it was like such. It was it was just moving quite along. I, I loved it, uh, and I was so ready for season two when it came out. So I don't understand how Cam can watch one episode of that season and then not watch anymore for like two months. I don't. know. That makes no sense to me. We, Grant, we are not we are not the same as him, dude. We're not the same. Like <laughs> yeah. he he doesn't get it, you know. But his loss, really, he's missing out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that was season one. Easy peasy. Let's move on to season two. 
Uh, all right, we're back to the land of Westeros. We meet key characters this season. Stannis, Melisandre, Davos, the Greyjoys, the Wildlings, and the Tyrells. Love those Tyrells. Uh, the War of the Five Kings has begun. Tyrion becomes the acting Hand of the King in place of his father. Uh, Theon returns to the island, Iron Islands but betrays the Starks and joins his family in battle against them. Uh, Catelyn attempts to form an alliance with Renly Baratheon and the Tyrells, but that doesn't go very well. We'll cover that later. Uh, the Night's Watch goes north of the Wall, and Jon gets stranded by himself. Uh, Theon, with the help of the Ironborn, takes Winterfell, but Bran and Rickon Stark. They both escape. Um, Tyrion sends Princess Marcella to Dorne against Cersei's wishes. Catelyn and Brienne of Tarth witness the death of Renly, caused by a spell casted by Melisandre and Stannis. And that spell, that's a kind word for what that was. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, look, like, look, don't get me wrong, Game of Thrones is full of like weird stuff, but Melisandre mm -hmm. is definitely the weirdest character on this show. Yeah, like, she shows up half the time, she's not wearing clothes half the time, and she's casting spells. Yeah, with In her reality, hand. she's actually like, like 130 years old, too. Yeah, she wears like a stone around her neck to keep her young. Yep. And then, you know, it's just, she's weird. She's a weird character, but, you know, fans love her. I wonder why. I, uh, I was, before you go on with that, I just wanted to say something random about her. So if you know, if you pay attention, you remember at the very beginning when she, uh, she drinks the poison or when she's like, it's when you first kind of see her because one of those followers was like trying to poison her. Right. And she knows it and she uh -huh. drinks it. As she's drinking it, her necklace is like glowing. Oh, but, really? but that's not at that point in the show, you would have no idea or yeah. know to look for it. But I noticed that when I was watching with Grant the second time. Right. Huh. Yeah. So that's but, a cool yeah, I, yeah, I noticed that when I was watching it, but I did, obviously didn't want to spoil it for Grant, but it's right. just another instance of them foreshadowing. I mean, yeah, like the one thing they do really well in the earlier seasons is they kill it in terms of foreshadowing. They're like especially in season two, I feel like a lot of stuff like happens then that we don't know it's going to be important later on. But oh my gosh, who is that in the background? Is that Garrett? It's Garrett. Uh, what's up, Garrett? What's up? How are you? We're doing good, man. We're just, yeah. just filming a show, man. Filming a show. Yeah. <laughs> How long are you guys in? About fifteen minutes. Yeah, about fifteen minutes. Yeah. yeah. Big crowd today, huh? Big crowd. <laughs> Well, I mean, Grant's got the entire uh, Northern Army oh, right yeah, there. Yeah, so, yeah. Garrett, Garrett's seen like the last two episodes of Game of Thrones. He could do this with us once we get to a like <laughs> seven and eight. Yeah, dude. Hey, don't hey, don't worry. We will talk about seven and eight. Rip yeah, we're good, yeah. I'll try. I'll try my best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> opinion or whatever you guys. Need. He doesn't know a lot of names, but yeah. Well, you know, just we'll do your best. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> the big war. Dude. Yeah, exactly. And 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 the ladies in there. <laughs> yeah, big time. All right. So where was I? Uh, okay. Arya travels north with uh, Gendry to get back to Winterfell. John mm -hmm. fa falls in love with Egret. She's a wildling. And I, you know, to be honest, season I, two. Yeah, that's season two, man. Wow. I know. It's it's it it's crazy how that's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy how fast this show goes in, when, in retrospect. And to be honest, John and Egret, I like them more than John and Danny. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm, yeah. Like they were they were and 
in real life, they actually got married. Those two actors, mm-hmm. Kit, Kit Harrington yeah, and kids. Uh, yeah, yeah they, yeah, they make babies together. It it was great. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> moving on, uh, Catelyn releases Jamie Lannister and ta- and tasks Brienne to exchange him for Sansa and Arya. Uh, Tyrion leads Joffrey's army in the Battle of Blackwater against Stannis. The arrival of Tyron Lannister, allied with the Tyrells, forces Stannis to retreat. And I want to talk real quick about the speech that Tyrion gives at Blackwater. Oh, you, okay. You got, you got, I mean, I know everyone loves the speech in season four when he's on trial and everything, but mm-hmm. dude, I get so hyped when Tyrion says, Those are brave men knocking at our door. Let's go kill them. Like, <laughs> I mean, that, that is such a good line. Like, I mean, I love this episode so much. A lot much. of great, a lot of great moments in that episode. I mean, yeah, like Tyrion, like, you know, signaling Braun to shoot the arrow with wildfire and everything. They, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just such a good episode. I, I love season two. Season two is almost as good as season one, in my opinion. Very um, good. yeah, very, very good. Where was, uh, Theon gets betrayed by his own men and Winterfell is burned, which, you know, when I watched it for the first time, I was thinking, like, are we going to watch another battle, like, an episode later, like, another big battle? And then Theon just gets clubbed over the head by one of his guys, and then they just leave him there. Yeah. So, you know, not not the best situation for Theon, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, and then to end the plotline in Westeros, uh, north of the Wall, Sam encounters an army of White Walkers. So... Not a great situation for him. Uh, and while all of this is happening, you guys are going to notice a pattern whenever I talk about the early seasons with Danny and her crew, because I found all of her scenes incredibly boring. Like, I mean, they, they go from one city to the other city to the other city, and then they just, it's the same thing. They just take over another city one at a time. And it slowly keeps getting more and more powerful. Yeah. The, the end of every season, it's like they do like a slow pan out of like her situation, basically, and it's always more and more extravagant every season. Right. Uh, well, in, in this season, Danny and the gang, they're looking for refuge after the Dothraki leave them to die. Uh, they find refuge in the kingdom of Karth. Some stuff goes down and Danny's dragons get taken for a hot second. Uh, she gets her dragons back after going on like a vision quest. Uh, and this is where she actually sees uh, like a vision of the Iron Throne, uh, what she thinks is covered in snowfall. But now that we know, because of season eight, it's covered in ash. So that's yeah. some, that's some good foreshadowing right there. And uh, her group loots the castle and takes all the valuables, and then they head out. So that's that's pretty much all that goes on in season two with Daenerys and her group. Yeah. I mean, season two, I thought it was pretty good. It's got some good Tyrion moments. Tyrion being his maniacal self and everything. Um, I know, Grant, I know you kind of disagree with me on this one, but I like Stannis quite a bit. Um, I don't dislike him. I just uh, I think he's kind of boring. I mean, yeah. like, in a show with so many great, interesting characters, I feel like Stannis just misses the mark a little bit more as far as, like, he just doesn't have, like, a lot going on compared to some other people, I guess. I mean, there is a lot going on, and it's not like his scenes are boring. I just feel like compared to some other characters, he's just a bit lackluster. I don't know. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, for what it's worth, 
like out of all of like all of the five kings in the war of the five kings i think besides rob he's the one i would want to win the most just because like look at his competition i mean he's going up against joffrey nobody wants him to win people want him to die like nobody likes joffrey yeah nobody liked joffrey and believe me we are going to talk some crap about joffrey later yeah I mean, in, in this season, he's like he's holding a crossbow on Sansa mm-hmm. because because Rob is making him mad. Yeah, and I'm just like, dude, you're such a piece of crap. Like, grow up. And then in the Battle of Blackwater, he doesn't even do anything. He just hides. Yeah, and bread. <laughs> yeah, you, you said it. You said it, bro. No, that's not even a joke. He is like he's just straight up like. <laughs> uh. But, like, one of my favorite things from the Battle of Blackwater is when the Hound, like, they come back inside the walls and everything. And then uh, the Hound just looks at Joffrey and he's just like, F the king. I'm out of here. Like, like essentially, he's just like, I'm not fighting for you anymore. So that's that's a good moment from the Hound. And then he offers to uh, save Sansa. Which yeah. Which a lot of people forget about that because they talk about that later when they're in season eight. I'm fairly certain that's when it was. He talks to her about it. He's like, it's probably a good thing you didn't come with me or whatever, but right. But yeah. Yeah. What what could have been? I mean, obviously we know from like season four that the hound could be a pretty good guardian. I mean, with him and Arya. So you know, he's 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 a sweetheart. He's got a heart of gold. Yeah. All right. We're we're moving right along. Let's get into season three. And this is where some major stuff goes down in terms of characters departing from life. So <laughs> let, let's let's get right into it. Uh, key characters this season: the Boltons and Jojen Reed. I mean, if you want to call them key characters, uh, Sam escapes the White Walkers and gets back to the Wall. John meets the King of the Wildlings, so they call him the True King in the North. Uh, Theon is rescued by everyone's favorite butthole, Ramsey Bolton, and and he just he just oh. you know he does a number on Theon throughout the next three seasons. <laughs> like, I mean, when I was watching it, dude, I felt like I mean Theon like he he presents himself like an arrogant little piece of crap at the beginning, but Ramsey made me feel bad for Theon. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is bad. I, I think Theon's character, it's the thing is in the beginning, you don't, I guess you don't see it as much or right away, but he's like someone that struggles with who he thinks he is. Like he doesn't know if he's a Greyjoy or a Stark and he's just kind of, no one on either side really claims him either. They're just, he's just kind of there. So I think that's kind of why he's always been bitter and has to act like he was like arrogant because he wanted people to think he was highborn and this like everyone loved him, but he wasn't really accepted by anybody. And then before we even saw him develop, he just gets captured and tortured literally to the brink of like, uh, it's, I mean, the things he's went through, I don't know if anybody would be able to survive that. And yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that he went through on the show, uh, we probably won't disclose on, on on this show. Uh, Because we, do, I mean, we do have some respect for our younger audiences, and we just like, you know, hey, when you turn eighteen, watch the show and see for yourself. It's 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 rough, dude. But uh, let's let's keep moving. Um, uh, Littlefinger 
is sent to the Erie to marry uh, Liza Tully. Jared's so, inside the Jared. That's Jared. Jared's Jared. favorite character. Oh, yeah. <laughs> don't know why or how, but yeah, I, I don't understand that. Littlefinger. I mean, Littlefinger, he's such a schemer. Like, Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally, yeah. Uh, Brienne and Jamie, they're captured by the Boltons. Tywin orders ma- orders Tyrion to marry Sansa and Cersei to marry uh, Sir Loras to gain power. Um, Rob allies with the Freys, but the alliance is strained after Rob marries the nurse lady. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but she was so hot, though. Yeah, you know, look, Drew, Drew, that, Drew that's, a, that's a really good point. But if I'm being honest, when I was making my notes for this, I completely forgot her name and I only remembered her as the nurse lady. Yeah. So I'm going to keep calling her the nurse lady. You remember what her name was? You remember what her name? Because I don't. Give me. I, like, just if he continues it. to talk about it, I'll probably remember. But Okay. Okay. Well, uh, he marries the nurse lady and Walter Frey is not happy about that. Uh, Jamie loses his sword hand and tells Brienne the real reason he killed he killed the former king Aerys Targaryen, and uh, he does this in the in the baths when they're when they're uh, in the well that sounds wrong but they're, when they're in the baths together, and he's talking about how you know the Mad King was going to kill everyone and he he stopped them but he wasn't you know he he didn't tell anyone that he was actually being a noble person when doing it. I thought that was a really good scene, but very good scene. Yeah, Tal- Talisa. I wouldn't have guessed that. Talisa? Uh, I don't know how often that was mentioned or like said. I mean, she she barely got any lines and she was only in the story to just screw everything up. Mess everything up. Be very attractive as well. Well, yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Like, I mean, that was, I mean, I guess for it to be believable, it would have to be that way. I mean, like, yeah. I mean, if Rob was going to sell out his army for a woman, you got to make it believable. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, Arya and Gendry—they're taken to the Brotherhood without banners. Uh, these are the weird people that worship the Lord of Light, and like the the guy keeps getting killed, but he's coming back to life and everything. Well, uh, I mean that whole thing. I mean that's the thing is Melisandre and all these people that worship the Lord of Light. We'll get more into it later, but. There is validity to like the Lord of Light. Like it, you see it throughout the show. Like that mm-hmm. has to exist. Like I don't know. Yeah, but, it's it's like, I mean, like it's just like performed like in front of them. So yeah. it's just it's like it's kind of hard to deny it. So, yeah. um, okay. Uh, the Brotherhood gives Gendry to Melisandre for a sacrifice because the you know they, I guess they need to sacrifice a Baratheon for Stannis to win. Uh, but Gendry is freed by Sir Davos, and Sir Davos is another one of my most favorite characters in the show. He's such a sweetheart. I love him. Um, let's see. The Hound decides to escort Arya back to Rob in the north. Um, Bran and Rickon get separated, and Jojen and Bran head for the Wall. Um, at the wedding, uh, oh, here it is. Here it is. This is the this is the moment that everyone dreaded who have seen the show before and nobody expected who had never seen the show before. This is the red wedding. And let me give you a quick summary before we uh, dive right into it. Um, this is the wedding of Edmure Tully and Rosalind Frey uh, and Rob Catlin and the entire Stark army were betrayed and killed 
by the Freys and the Boltons. And it is pretty, pretty gruesome. Uh, Rob's unborn child, who they were going to name Eddard Stark, is also killed. And that is that that is a literal and metaphorical stab to the gut. Kill, like, it killed first, by the way, before anybody. I'm pretty sure that was the first casualty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's just that's rough, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, what were you guys feeling when that scene went on? I was just in shock. And I think they all everyone who's seen the show came over to watch that episode in particular. And I didn't really like understand the reason why, because you don't really like suspect anything crazy is going to happen. It just kind of seems like everything's just going smoothly at that point in the show. And they're about to just have a wedding. And then that all happened. And I was just in shock the entire time. Yeah. It's it. I mean, I was watching it last year. I I flew through the show. So I had probably already watched nine episodes that day. I probably watched that whole season in that day, but I was sitting at my desk. And as soon as like, like you see they cut to Bolton's arm, like and he's wearing armor and Catelyn like realizes right before like it happens, like, oh, like this isn't right or whatever. And like and for me, I'm like, what would that mean? And then when they stab her in the stomach or whatever, I just like paused it and I just like sat there and was like like confused. I was like, what? And then like I pushed play and then I would pause it five seconds later. I'm like, what? There's no way they're right, actually yeah. doing this. And I was like a lot of your favorite characters, like Rob and, uh, I mean, Catelyn and, like, just people that, again, nurse, like, nurse lady, do be a big part of the show moving forward, and they're just gone. So you're like, oh, well, bummer. I was going to say, at that point of the show, Rob was easily one of my favorite characters. and Yeah. I mean, like, it's it's sad because the only thing that really killed Rob was love. You yeah. know? It's just, I mean, it's shot through the heart, and you're to blame. You give love a bad name. I mean, I don't, I don't know what else to say, man. Like that's just Bon Jovi said it best. But yeah, I do remember watching that, and it was like such like a slow. It was like everything up to that point was like moving so fast, and then like they start locking the doors, and then they start like getting men up on the balconies in position, mm-hmm. and it's just like silent. And Catelyn's just like looking around, like, wait, some, there's something going on here. And I was like, because because I knew, like, I mean. I had already seen like spoiler videos on YouTube about it and everything. So I knew it was coming, but I didn't know like the, how, how well it was going to be built up. Like it was, it was so impressive. Like I, I was, you know, knew it was coming, but I was still on the edge of my seat. So that's, that, that was a devastating episode to everyone who loved Rob. So, and Catelyn. The worst of it all, Arya came all that way. Like she was traveling with the hound that long and she finally gets there. And they all died. Yeah. And you know, like that just goes like that's just another example of like this show just prolonging like character reunions and everything. <laughs> like yeah. our characters are all reunited, are all are all together in season one, and then they get separated, and then they don't come back together until season eight. And half of them are dead. So sorry sorry for spoilers. I mean, we already prefaced that, but uh yeah, so the Stark army is dead. Rob's dead. Catelyn's dead. Uh, John escapes. John, who's north of the Wall, he escapes from the Wildlings, and the Wildlings decide to head for the Wall to invade south. Uh, and Brienne returns Jamie to King's Landing, 
And while this is going on in the land of Essos, uh, we're introduced to Masande, sorry, uh, Unsullied, and Dario Naharis. Uh, Danny arrives and Astapor convinces the army of Unsullied to fight for her. And she does this in a really cool way. I actually like this moment from Daenerys. She like she speaks Valerian and everything. And then her dragon just burns like uh the, for like the first time. She like burns a human alive. Yeah. And I know that sounds like really morbid, but I absolutely love that scene. <laughs> and yeah, I was just Yeah. I mean if, if the viewers knew or if they've seen the show, which I assume they have if they're watching this far, the we all are okay with that guy getting burned alive. He was a piece of crap. So he, he was he was not a good person. He was, no. he's calling her vulgar names and we don't, and, and, and we here, we're men of principle. We don't, we're not about that misogynistic lifestyle. Okay. Like, okay. Like that's why we watch game of Thrones for, for the respecting of women. Uh, yeah, let's keep moving. Um, Masande joins Danny's crew. Danny declares war on the slave city of young Kai. Uh, Danny hires the second sons led by Dario Naharis to aid her in battle. And the slaves of the city turn on their masters and they are released. End of the season. Uh, thoughts on Dario Naharis? He's played by two actors. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I want your guys' thoughts on him as, as a character. I mean, uh, yeah. Go ahead, Grant. I was just going to say, I watched it pretty quick. So um, for me, like they told me ahead of time, they're like, this character, this is like the last time he's in the show. He'll be in for a few more seasons, but. They just change him for another guy. So for me, it wasn't that big of a deal, but I definitely feel like it would be weird if you had to wait a very long time for the next season to come out, and then it's just a completely different character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I mean, the guy that originally played, uh, ni- nice change of background, Grant. I love it. I love it. I love Thank it. You. Uh, I mean, the guy that originally played, uh, Dario Naharis, he, he had to leave because he ended up playing the villain in Deadpool. So, I mean, oh, know, that was oh, I didn't yeah. even realize that was the same. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, crazy. That was him, dude. Uh, and you know, I think I think it was close to an even trade. I mean, he probably could have made more money doing Game of Thrones, but you know, he, he was in Deadpool. Deadpool's great. I love Deadpool. Yeah, yeah, that's but great. I didn't realize that was the same uh, same guy. The thing that got me tripped up, and I was talking to Colin about it. Uh, I wish Colin was here to talk about this with us. Uh, I, I know right. he loves Game of Thrones, but. He's with uh, us in spirit. Yes, he is. Because uh, we already have the the um, the first instance of, I forget his name, but the head of the House of Black and White, uh, Barlar, or, oh. or Morghulis, or whatever, this is what he says. Oh, but, but, yeah. Because he helps Arya escape. Because that already happened. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that ha- that happens this. Se- uh, I think it's this season, season yeah. three. It happened this season. Gotcha. So, uh, oh, okay. So maybe that has, or it's around that time because I'm pretty sure I knew at that time that there was somebody in the show that had the ability to change their face. Yeah. And I was like telling Colin, I was like, "So is he one of those guys?" And Colin's like, "Nah, actually, they just switched his actor." And I was like, "Oh, okay." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that would have been that would have been a really cool twist. I mean, like. Yeah. Just, Especially since, like, around season five, they stopped adapting, like, from the source material and everything. That yeah. would have been that would have been a cool thing to add, I think. But yeah, I mean, uh, s- sadly, Dario Naharis was not a faceless man. Um, yeah. I mean, that now that you mention it, I would have really loved to see that. But for what it's worth, I, I mean, I liked the second actor that played yeah. Dario. He made him seem more likable. I think. Yeah. I mean, 
he had more screen time, so I don't think it's fair. But you know, yeah. never got a chance. Never got a chance. Exactly. All right. Now, gentlemen, we have reached season four, which is my favorite season of Game of Thrones, and I'm sure at least one of you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I. I. I think for me it is probably three. You like three? I just have to remember what all happened. It's my third favorite season. Season four is. Okay. Well, I mean, as long as it's top three, that's that's good enough for me. I love it. Top three. All right. Yeah, definitely Um, top three. All right. In this season, a lot of stuff goes down. Uh, We're introduced to Dorn and Oberyn Martell, played by the incomparable Pedro Pascal. What what an actor! What a character! I can't wait to see what happens with him. Um, here we go. Uh, John rejoins the Night's Watch at the Wall, and uh, they prepare for the Wildling invasion. Um, oh, and this is like my favorite part of the season. At the wedding of Joffrey and Marjorie Tyrell, Joffrey is poisoned, and he dies. Let's go! I know, right? Like everyone likes that. Yeah, every everyone. No, like. <laughs> Game of Thrones is such a divisive show, but literally everyone loved when this happened. Yeah. Nobody, nobody liked Joffrey. I mean, it's sad that people actually hate the actor who played Joffrey because he did a good job. Like, <laughs> like he just he just made us hate him. That's I mean, you can't ask he, for more. He can never have a bowl cut again. The actor can never oh. wear that hair. It, otherwise, it, it'll be someone might actually commit a crime on him in right. real life. He's he's got to like do something like to his style. He's got to like transform his. He's got like grow a beard, get a yeah. new haircut, because he can't look like Joffrey and not get picked on for the rest of his life. Like, and it's it's sad, but hey, we love you, man. You did a great job. Uh, yeah, he was poisoned in a plot by the Tyrells and Littlefinger. Got a Littlefinger. He's scheming again. Um, but it? but Tyrion is accused of the murder and is thrown in prison. But Sansa escapes because of Littlefinger. So that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, after learning the learning of Rob's death, the Hound begins to escort Arya to her aunt Liza Tully in the Vale. Uh, Tywin uh, convinces uh, prepares Tommen to be the new king. Um, Jamie tasks Brienne with finding Sansa and Arya and getting them somewhere safe. Uh, the Boltons take control over Winterfell. And Ramsey continues to torment Theon throughout the season. Uh, Stannis and Davos convince the Iron Bank to give them funds for a new army. Um, Tyrion goes on trial and demands a trial by combat after his lover, Shay, lies and betrays him in front of the court. I mean, up to this moment, Shay was a good character. I liked her. She was she was nice, but she did Tyrion good dirty. Looking. Yeah, I mean... All girls are the same. I'm, well, you know that's not on record, but like, I mean, hey, dude, you can't trust them. Like, you can't trust them. You gotta, you gotta get rid of them. Uh, which, which Tyrion eventually does, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> Littlefinger uh, meets Sansa and takes her to the Eyrie. Uh, Oberyn Martell elects himself to defend Tyrion because he wants to kill the Mountain. Uh, Bran and Jojen meet the Three-Eyed Raven. Uh, Oberyn Martell is killed by the Mountain, sadly, after showboating. And, yeah, uh, almost he, at it. He won in battle. He lost uh, the actual fight. I guess you would say. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, 
like technically Oberyn did kill the mountain. They just they yeah. just pl- they just played some zombie trickery on him, so the mountain came back to life. And it's just like Mickey Mouse. Exactly, it's a Mickey Mouse victory, and I'm not for it. Like, so I mean, the mountain technically wins by default. Well, not by default. I mean, he literally like concaved Oberyn's head, but yeah, Oberyn did die first. He did die first, but he gave a valiant effort, and we can we should commend him for that. He was not long for this world, but he was such a good character. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, John and the Night's Watch defend the wall from the wildlings, and Egret is killed by that little piece of crap, Ollie. I mean, mm. Ollie. Yeah. Ollie. Yeah. I mean, I feel feel bad for Ollie. His family died and everything. He hates the wildlings, but Egret had nothing to do with that, dude. You just gotta chill. You can't go shooting arrows at people for no reason. You know, it's just, ah, man, it's just such a, such a waste. Sad scene. Sad scene. Sad scene. Jamie Lannister sets Tyrion free, and Tyrion kills Tywin and Shay, who were having an affair with each other. Now, mm. I didn't. I did not see that coming. I did not know that was. I think anyone did. I did not know that was a thing. I mean, I guess I guess Tywin still got it in his old age. Like, I mean, like that is just ridiculous. He's got that money. He's he's got that. Yeah, hand of the king. You know he's you know he's made. All right, but Tyrion did not deserve that. He didn't deserve another. To be tra- another sad scene. Yeah, uh, Tyrion choking her out. I mean, he's just broken at that point. I mean, like the way that Tywin goes out of this world. By getting killed on the toilet, it's one of the worst ways to go. But Elvis. because because he was he was you know he was doing the thing with Tyrion's girl, I think it's fitting. Yeah, so and I think for Tyrion, like I think it starts in season two where everyone starts to like him just because you see the rest of his family and you see what he was around his whole life, and he's also just been someone that people look no pun intended, look down on just because they're like, he's not the, I don't know. They just always kicked him while he's down, I guess. And he he always, uh, man, I keep making these awful jokes. You keep making short jokes. He, he's just an awesome character. He's obviously really cunning and witty, but people still always try to bring him down no matter what. And even his dad, like, that's the thing yeah. that's so sad is like even he try he really does try to bring honor to his family in the right way and no one ever gives him credit or respect for it and it's just frustrating to watch because you're rooting for him and like the conversation where he tells his dad or he basically they're not winning the black battle of Blackwater without him there's no way and nope. no one that like gives him any credit for it and his dad basically degrades him when he asks for credit and it's just yeah. I mean like. So- in the it, battle of in the battle of Blackwater, his own soldiers try to kill him. Yeah, yeah. But but Tyrion's about that life, dude. He's not dying. Are you kidding no. me? Like, with some help from uh, crap, I forget his name. Pod. The, his spire, or Ooh, his, uh, uh, Podrick, Pod the Rod. Pod. Yeah, Pod. <laughs> Pod. Podrick's one of the best characters in the show too. He, I mean, like, yeah. I, he he's just a feel good character. He he is he is really too good for this world. Uh, I was so scared that he was gonna be killed at some point yeah but, like if, if yeah. he would have been there would have been no point for that I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad he made it all the way through he deserves yeah. a happy ending and he becomes him a knight and, uh, him and him and samuel tarley 
yeah. They're, <laughs> they're, they're two, they're two uh, softies that I love. So, all right. Uh, in Essos, Danny and the squad, they head to Marine, free all the slaves. Just another checkpoint that they got to move through. Uh, Jorah is involved with assassination attempt on Danny's life. Um, but he regrets it, but Danny still sends him away anyways. Um, Danny and Dario begin a relationship. Um, Danny and the Unsullied take over Marine, but the slaves prefer being slaves, so that's weird. Uh, Danny finds out about Jorah's betrayal, sends him away. Drogon disappears, and Danny locks up her dragons after they accidentally barbecue someone. So, not a good scene for Rhaegal and Viserys. Viserion, I should say. I mean, guys, season four, what a season. What a season. What a season. I think, too, with that Daenerys, where she's... It's really sad, because it's just another one of those instances you see where... Or you start to truly see where the dragons, like, are truly her kids. Like, she... Like, it's... She's basically grounding them for what happened. But it's... There's no communication there. I love your background, Grant. Yeah. Communication, as far as, like, she can't obviously talk to them like they're her kids but they i don't know they're obviously smart animals and it's just it you could see the pain of her locking them up like it was just you felt that as because it's something she had to do but they're literally her kids yeah i mean like danny she literally cannot have actual children of her own and so like these dragons they were given to her early on in her life so they pretty much are her children and it's just like she raised them. She's she's the dragon mother. She's the mother of dragons. Like, yep. and it's it's sad when a parent's got to discipline their kid because they you know accidentally burned someone alive. But it's just it's it's what you got to do. Um, great season. I love everyone. But in my opinion, after this season, Game of Thrones starts to decline a little bit. I think in terms of quality, you know, like I mean. I mean, we'll talk about it when we get to it, but you know, I think I think it dips a little bit, but we'll keep going. All right, uh, season five. This is also known as the Dorn season, where we see a lot of Dorn, and you know, I I didn't like it to be quite I honest, feel like but it's the most forgetful season. Yeah, I because I mean, I've got the least amount of notes on this season because there's not much I remember from it, not not a lot of memorable stuff. I mean, uh, let's just let's just do it. Uh, Jamie and uh, Bron they go to Dorne to try and rescue Princess Marcella. Uh, it works out; they get her back. But Ilaria Sand is mad that Oberyn died, so she poisons her, and then she dies. That's sad. Um, Cersei appoints a new High Sparrow, who causes I wrote this down religious shenanigans throughout the season. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, and like. Look, this. I mean, another another uh, credit to the actor who plays him, Timothy Price. He's so good at playing this guy who's just like, he's just pretentious in the subtle, in yeah. the most subtle ways. Like he's just like, I've got God on my side. I've got the gods on my side. I know better than you, and I can do what I want. Yeah, and and it's just like everybody buys into his stuff, and it's just like yeah. insane. But you know, we move on. Uh, John offers the wildlings to cross south of the wall, and uh, John Mercy kills the King of the North. Um, this is this is when I really started to dislike Littlefinger. 
uh, Littlefinger trades Sansa to the Boltons, and Sansa is married to uh, Ramsay Bolton. Yeah. And uh, as we've seen with uh, Theon, Ramsay is not a good person. No. So he's not a good person. So uh, he does a lot of bad things to and with Sansa. We don't like it. Not one bit. I I can't wait to see their marriage end painfully. Um, But uh, John and the Night's Watch go to Hard Home uh, to bring more Wildlings south. And this is where they battle an army of White Walkers for the first time on the show. And like, I mean, I know I talked about earlier Blackwater with Tyrion, me getting hyped at that. But when I see John like at the boats and he's like loading everyone up and he draws his sword and he says, Night's Watch with me, move. And then they rush the gates and he starts stabbing White Walkers like it's no tomorrow. I get hyped the same. Like, I don't know what it, I don't know what it is, man. The fight scene with him and the first like true White Walker, like, there's White Walkers and then there's zombies, I guess right. is what you would say. But like the true, like actual White Walkers that was once a person, I guess is what, what you would say. But right. uh, uh, that fight is just that was super cool to watch. That was a super good fight scene. We, uh, when I was watching it, we had one of our buddies over that night and we were just watching like an episode before we went out. And that was the episode. And this, this dude has never seen Game of Thrones. So, like, to see that one episode just, like, randomly must have been insane. <laughs> that that episode goes so hard. I love it. Because, like, you know, I I mean, I love the fact that the White Walkers are, are meant to be this, like, incredibly intimidating force, like, unstoppable in every way. But John is just a swordsman, and he can take one down like it's nobody's business. Like, I mean, it's I'm Jon Snow. Who do you think you are? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that happens, and the High Sparrow decides to put Cersei, Loras, and Marjorie Tyrell in prison for crimes against the gods. Uh, Cersei, because she is obviously incestual, uh, Loras, because he is gay, and Marjorie, because she is hot, I think. I don't know, like, I mean, I, she is hot, but oh, uh, well, it is because she lied about her brother being gay, so. Oh, that, okay. Which, uh, I guess that's punishable to for life. I don't know. That was what, like, I don't understand that, but hey, religion dude, was definitely back then. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and people are weird in Westeros, dude. We're going to say it a hundred times throughout this video, but people are weird in Westeros. Yeah. I mean, not much we can say about it, but yeah, they're all in prison now. Not a good scene for them. Uh, Stannis's army is defeated by the Bolton army, and Stannis is killed by Brienne of Tarth great revenge scene for her you know finally getting some comeuppance for stannis um yeah swore an oath (laughs) keep it um after the battle theon helps sansa escape from winterfell and this is when theon is kind of redeemed a little bit he becomes more of a good character and you know starts to starts to come back long road of redemption i like that and uh yeah um and this is this is where uh this is one of the most like hard to watch scenes in Game of Thrones. Cersei is sentenced to the walk of shame. And that is I mean, that's tough, dude. Yeah. I mean shame. 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 
Shame. Exactly. How would you feel if you were told to take off all your clothes and walk through o- downtown OU while while some chick in a nun costume is ringing a bell behind you saying shame while people are throwing beer and Big Mama's burritos at you? Yeah. That I mean, it's not a good scene, dude. No like, bueno. That, that's and terrible. You can't, and every single time she would try to cover up herself they would whip her yeah and the crazy thing they cut her hair too it's yeah. like it's all disheveled it's just oh my gosh like i mean cersei i don't like cersei that much she's a great character but this made me feel bad for her it did like and and we talked about it earlier and i always talk about this when it comes to cersei a lot of times when stuff happens to her it was caused from like a butterfly effect of something that she did like right. earlier, like she gave the high sparrow his power. Yeah. And then ultimately it led to her being imprisoned by him and forced to do that, which we'll get into later how she did not let that slide. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like Cersei, you know, she she made the mistake of thinking that she could just control the high sparrow, which she could not because he's all sorts of crazy. But you know, you live and you learn. Well, some people live and they learn, but other people just die. Yeah. Uh, all right. And in the land of Essos, Tyrion is escorted by Varys to meet Danny. Um, Danny is losing control over Marine. Uh, Arya joins the faceless men to become a faceless ninja of sorts. Um, Jorah intercepts Tyrion, plans to give him over to Danny to clear his name. Uh, the sons of the harpy cause a ruckus in Marine. Not not a good not a good time to be a Marinean. Uh, Jorah catches a deadly disease. It's like that rock disease that I cannot remember the name of for the life of me. Um, Jorah turns Tyrion over to Danny. He she names him Hand of the Queen. And uh, the sons of the harpy corner Danny and the gang, but Drogon saves them and flies away with Danny on her back, on his on his back. Um, you know, not a bad way to end a pretty forgetful season, I think. Oh, um, and also, I, I forgot to mention this before you say anything. Uh, John gets killed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I Well, and two, like, Ollie, I mean, it wasn't just him, but still, boo Ollie. Yeah, boo Ollie. <laughs> I mean, Ollie, you're not, you're not that guy, pal. You got, you got to get, you got to get out of here. But, yeah. I mean, like, John, he he's another he's another one of those guys. He's exactly like his quote unquote father. He's just too good for this world, dude. And it takes some you know divine intervention to keep him going. Like, uh, yeah. The the thing I was going to ask is where is this the season where Arya uh, gets to the House of Black and White, or is that next season? I think that's I think it's next season. Okay. Because I think I think she goes blind in next season. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I was just. Looking I could talk about it. Arya for like forty-five minutes. Grant knows that's my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah. Arya is such a good character, but like, I don't know why, but like seasons like five and six, they kind of blur together for me in terms of what happens, just because she's she's training with the faceless men and she's you know she's learning to become this like superhuman character and everything, but you know, it is what it is. And the, I mean, her dynamic with, I think her and we already talked about the hound and how everyone, he's, he has a big softie at heart. And that's the thing is, uh, Arya 
is kind of the opposite in the sense of where she looks like she can't harm a fly, but she's tough as nails, like yeah. basically down to her core. So it's, and he sees that in her. And it's just one of those things where they're, or he just had her with him where it was just kind of, they were traveling and he was using her as like a bartering chip to like kind of progress. And he saw that she was something way more than that. And yeah. it's kind of touching because you see it in both of them. I mean, like, I think Grant loves to bring up that quote by the Hound where, like, Arya, she talks about how can you keep such and such safe? And he goes, I kept you safe. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's such a, that's such a good line. It summarizes everything we love about those two. They're like a they're like a father daughter relationship or like a, a deranged uncle with a murderous yeah. with a murderous niece. Like, yeah. Yeah. But here we go. Season six. Some consider to be the best season of Game of Thrones. Um, I, that, I, I am one of those people, actually. Yeah, it's it, it's up there. It's up there for me. It's definitely one of my favorites. Not the favorite, but it's definitely a great season. And it's also the first season of Game of Thrones that they that the writers of the show had no material like to write from to draw from. So this is all original content uh, made by the writers. So let's dive right in. Uh, Sansa and Theon, they're being chased by the Boltons. Uh, Cersei has returned to the Red Keep, but she still awaits trial before the gods. Uh, John is da, 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 brought back to life by Melisandre and the Lord of Light. You know, always love to see him. Great to have him back. Did he come back in the first or second? Oh, he came back at the end of the first, didn't he? Yeah. At the end. And you know, like, we, we all binge watched this show, so we probably don't have like the same effect as like people that just watched it like season to season. No. Can you imagine like watching your favorite character get killed and you're thinking like, oh my gosh, I can't believe he's dead. Well, that's Game of Thrones. That's just what happens. But except he's not dead and he's going to be brought back to life after the first episode is over in season six. So crazy, crazy turn of events. Crazy turn of events. Bring back Rob. Bring back Rob. Yeah. I'll <laughs> sign the I'll sign the petition. Sign me up. Um, Rickon Stark is captured by the Boltons. I feel like Rick Rickon is just like the forgotten Stark sibling. Like he doesn't he doesn't yeah. he doesn't do anything. Doesn't I mean, get any screen time either. Doesn't get any screen time. Like I mean, like it's like it's like the writers of the show knew that he wasn't that important, so they just decided, okay, we're not gonna spend any time on him. Like we're just yeah. gonna focus on the other siblings. Which, you know, later on in this season we'll talk about it, but not very <laughs> emotionally carrying, I would say. Um Brienne meets Sansa and begins to escort her to John at the wall. Uh, Bran trains with the three-eyed raven uh, and sees visions of the past. Uh, Theon goes back to the Iron Islands to serve his sister, Yara. Sansa and Brienne arrive at the wall and begin to discuss retaking Winterfell with John. The Hound rejoins the Brotherhood without banners after he goes on like that like that spiritual journey that he had where he was like with these pacifists that like stayed mm -hmm. out of the war, but then they all died. So he's just like, I'm just going to go back and start killing people again. So, you know, not, not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's the best character arc, but it, it, it's, it's pretty nice. I think, um, Euron Greyjoy arrives on the scene and he kills his brother, Balon Greyjoy. And it is, is named the new King of the iron islands. You're on Greyjoy. I hate you're on Greyjoy. I agree. Yeah. Like, not just like all that, like, not just like 
oh my gosh, like this character, this actor did such a great job. I hate this character. Like, no, it's like I literally hate the reason. I literally hate Euron's presence in the story. Yeah. Like he's kind of shows up and has all this power for no reason. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, I know what I just said there was only like two sentences, but seriously, that's, it seems like that's all they wrote for his character going in for that one episode that he has this season. He he comes in, kills his brother, takes over the Iron Islands, and that's it. Yeah. And, su- and suddenly he has all this power now. Like, I, I, no one knows where he came from. He's just there now. But, I mean, yeah, it's just strange situation. Uh, Sam begins to make plans to be to train to become a maester. Hell yeah. Yeah, love Sam, love his adventures. And, uh, Grant, I see your background. I know that's Hodor. I was waiting for you to don't, get to it, yep. Don't, don't you dare think that I forgot about Hodor. I did not. Um, John begins the Battle of the Bastards against Ramsey Bolton. And uh, before this starts, uh, Ramsey kills Rick on Stark. You know, it's supposed to be this huge emotional moment, but I don't even think that Rick on and John even had like a scene together. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it. I get it. They're brothers and everything, but it's just like, I mean, what could have been like if they just explored their relationship a little bit more? Like, I don't know. I mean, Rick on barely has any lines, so. I don't. I mean, maybe I'm asking for too much, but him anyway. running across the field from arrows was like that's like half of his screen time in the show. Yeah, <laughs> and, and don't don't get me wrong, I do love that scene where John, you know, he's 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 running into battle, and you know, like he's on the horse and everything, and you know, he he tries to charge at the army of the Boldens by himself, gets knocked off the horse, and then he draws, you know. Grant had a picture of it earlier. He draws his sword against the charging horses and everything. He's, he's ready to stand by himself. Then the battle commences. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. I remember watching the battle for the first time, and I thought it was so intense. Like It was like one of the most intense battles I've ever seen. Especially that like scene a- in particular is definitely, I mean, for me, top five in the entire show. It's, yeah. it's very, very good. And, you know, when I'm like running on a treadmill sometimes and like I'll just like keep watching the show and I'm just like, I feel like I'm charging into battle with John. Like it's, I don't know. I'm such a nerd. Anyways, let's keep going. Uh, John wins the battle after the Knights of the Eerie arrive convinced by Sansa and they defeat the Bolton army. And I love the scene where John is just pummeling Ramsey into the ground. And then the very next scene, uh, Ramsey is locked inside his, his dog cage, essentially. And his dogs eat him alive. So I think that's very fair justice in the world of Game of Thrones. Um, Cersei blows up the Sept of Baelor with wildfire and kills the Tyrells and the High Sparrow. Yeah, that 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 episode at the beginning where they're playing the music and they're building up to it, and then that happens. That is like top two or three episodes for me in the entire show. I that it was, and then after that happens. King Tommen, who realizes that his lady love and uh, a bunch of other people just got killed, and it was like it was his mom's doing. Yeah, he took his own life, like a child. I mean, he's like, just like he's just like, like I, he's like I want off this ride. But yeah, it's just and, and that's the thing is he's he was literally someone with power. I mean, he was the king 
but Cersei and all these other people were trying to sink their claws into him and just use him for whatever they wanted to do, and it literally killed him. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's not a place for children. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just it's brutal, dude. It's not not a good scene for the Lannisters. Uh, but uh, Grant, this is what I'm talking about. Bran Stark fully becomes the three-eyed raven after he inadvertently kills everyone's favorite gentle giant, Hodor. And Hodor. let's let's talk about that scene really quick because Hodor is not actually named Hodor, but there's a reason that he keeps saying Hodor over and over again. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hold the door. Hodor. <laughs> I mean, that scene is so it's it's so cool because like Brands, he's looking back in time and everything. He sees young Hodor and like future Hodor is trying to protect them and everything. And then he just like paralyzes his mind so he only says Hodor, Hodor over and over again. Like yeah. such an emotional so scene. The books the books stop after like season five, right? Yeah, season five is loosely adapted from uh Dance of the Dragons. Okay, so do the writers of season six did they know that that was like supposed to be a thing, or did they did they come up with that? I mean, like from what I've heard, they like got input from George R. R. Martin, the writer of the books. Okay. They 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 get like he gave them that idea. That's that's what I heard. I don't know if that's true, but gotcha. yeah, I mean, like if if that's true, George R. R. Martin can write, and I. I'm not much of a book reader, but I should probably read the books if this is yeah. if this is his stuff that he's got. But um, yeah, that happens. And at the end of the season, Jon Snow is crowned king in the north. Um, and while all while all this is happening in uh, Essos, Danny is stranded in the in the Dothraki lands. Um, Dario and Jorah try to rescue her. Tyrion, Grey Worm, and Masande they are left to govern over Marine. Arya finishes her training with the Faceless Men uh, after, you know, all those scenes with, like, her getting the crap kicked out of her by by that one chick. And uh, eventually she decides to head home to Westeros after declaring a girl's name is Arya Stark and I'm going home or something. Like, that. that's a good scene. Um, Danny kills all the Dothraki leaders and takes control over them once again. The Masters of Marine attempt to retake the city. But Danny returns and stops them. Uh, Danny sends Jorah to find a cure for his deadly disease. Yara and Theon arrive in Marine and ally themselves with Danny. And after gaining control of the Unsullied, Dothraki, and the Ironborn, Danny and the gang are finally, finally heading over to Westeros. And it is such a breath of fresh air because I hate flipping back from two continents. I want everyone on the same continent. There's so many characters in the show, and season seven, here we come. <laughs> Guys, th thoughts on season six before we go, before we move on? Um, I would ju just touch on Arya just a little bit. Uh, Please do. She, so from the beginning of the show, obviously, I talked about that earlier, where she was just like, she wanted to be a warrior. She's not this, she wasn't born to be a lady. She always says, like, it's not who I am. Like, she always talks about that. But obviously her life takes a drastic turn when her father is killed in King's Landing. 
and yeah. she is basically out with random people all the time. She's basically by herself, essentially. She's with people as she goes, but she's by her by herself. And she learns stuff from all these different people. She learns for, for her first teacher, the, the water dancing sword instructor. Uh, and she's with the hound. And then she's with the people, uh, the uh, the priests that worship the uh, Lord of Light. And then she goes to that house of black and white. And she's learning all these things from all these different people, seeing things from all these different perspectives. And as you said, she goes to this place and becomes like the super soldier, essentially. And part of it is losing yourself and just becoming a faceless person. And she's like, no, I'm like this is who i am like i I've, I've learned from all these other people that how the world works and i'm smart enough to be like no like i can i can do everything i've learned i'm not throwing everything away just for this like i can be who i am still and still and then she, obviously she uses everything she's learned in the next two seasons to essentially get revenge and fight for her family the yeah. best she knows how which is how she learned i don't know it's just her development as a character is just she's obviously very smart and obviously very talented and her actor does a good job i think too as well but yeah she's just an amazing character and i think yeah. the moment of saying a girl is Arya stark is extremely powerful that's i mean she's def she's definitely up there one of my favorite characters of the show i mean season seven and season eight she doesn't she doesn't get to do as much as I hope she would have. I mean, she kind of she kind of resorts yeah. to being like the, oh, she's the girl that can fight everything. Yeah, and you know, I feel like she's like made for more than that. She's she's supposed to be more of a character than that. But you know, Grant, any thoughts on season six? Uh, no, I thought you summed it up well. I mean, definitely one of my favorite seasons. I thought this was, uh, like the high point of the show. From here, it kind of goes downhill a little bit. Not a whole lot. I thought people were a little dramatic about hating on the last two seasons, but yeah, um, this one is definitely my favorite. Yeah. Okay. So let's do season seven. All right, and we're we're all in Westeros now. I've got I've, I don't have a lot of notes on this season, but uh, Danny and the pals arrive at Dragonstone, and they make alliances with the Tyrells and the Dornish. Uh, John and Davos they go to Dragonstone to ally themselves with Danny. And uh, Euron forms an alliance with Cersei, who is the new queen of Westeros. And a war begins between Danny and Cersei for the throne. Um, Sam finds a cure for Jorah's disease, and Jorah returns to Danny in full form. Um, Bran and Arya they return to Winterfell. This is a lot of returning so far. So there's a lot of people just getting back to where they need to go. Like, yeah. so I mean, I don't know, but. The Lannister armies kill Olena Tyrell and capture Alaria Sand, and this effectively ends the alliance between Danny and those two parties. But I, I do want to talk about the death of Olena Tyrell really quick. She she's she's gonna die, and Jamie Lannister gives her some poison to you know just to make it peaceful. She drinks it, and then she says, Oh, by the way, I totally killed your son. Yeah. Go ahead and tell Cersei. I want her to know. And I was just like that's such a good way to go out. Like, yeah. my goodness, go out on your own terms. That's really good. Um, after his years and years of maniacal mustache twirling, Littlefinger is killed by Arya. Uh, yeah, yeah. Another is Jared in there. 
He's not. He, oh. you know, he disappears sometimes. Yeah, just like Littlefinger. Exactly. Maybe Another Littlefinger, right? Yeah, maybe he is uh, Littlefinger. Yeah. I mean, like, I so. yeah, Littlefinger, another annoying character crossed off the list. We've got so many more to go, and we've only got a season left after this. Uh, John stresses the coming threat of the White Walkers and uh, wants the war to be stopped so that they all can fight against them. You know, makes sense, I would say. Uh, John leads a group uh, to the north of the Wall to capture a White Walker so they can bring it back to Cersei. They barely get out alive, and Viserion is killed. Quite, quite an emotional moment for Danny, who goes to rescue them, because, you know, as we stated earlier, this is one of her kids, after all. And, you know, it's not... I don't think it was a great plan to begin with, but, you know, it's sad that, you know, you had to lose a couple people along the way. Uh, Cersei refuses to cease fire, and Jamie leaves to go to Winterfell to fight against the White Walkers with all the good guys. And uh, John and Danny, at the end of the season, they, uh, you know... <clears throat> They, uh, yeah, they uh, begin be- begin a fling of sorts, uh, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it for season seven. It's, I mean, season seven, it's not that complex. Like, I mean, there's there's like one big battle that happens, and you know, it's supposed to be like you know, pretty devastating. But you know, oh, by the way, uh, Sam's father and brother get killed in that battle. So did you did did you touch on? How John is actually a Targaryen? I'm I'm gonna do that next season. Next season is when he next. actually. Fu- no, he he. Uh, it's so at the end of this season, it's revealed by Bran to Sam yeah. that John John's real name is Aegon Targ is Aegon Targaryen. Uh, okay. But but it isn't actually told to John until season eight, episode one. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I know. I didn't know. For some reason so I thought it was. Us as the audience know, but John doesn't. And yeah. then I think also, yeah, go on. I th- are you are you no. doing a recap of the? Oh, okay, no, no, keep going. I mean, no, if they, Danny and John, I think they sleep together at the end of season seven. Yeah, yeah, big time. Episode. And around the same time that you realize that that's happening, and then also that's the thing is that's what they, it's what Samuel Warbrand says is all of this. Like every the beginning of the entire show where it's Robert and Leanna. Yeah. Uh like it was all because Rob or uh Robert Baratheon loved someone that didn't love him back. Like that was like the whole thing. Like yeah. just I mean it, it's crazy that that bombshell gets dropped, but Yeah. I mean like all in all, I think season seven really could have benefited from having a couple of extra episodes. I mean, like, yeah. I, I mean, like they had seven episodes in season seven. All the other seasons, except for season eight, they have ten. I think they could have benefited from having three extra hours of storytelling. I mean, just like, just flesh out the world a little bit more. We want more. We want more Game of Thrones. Let us have it. Like, I don't know. I'm getting, I'm getting worked up over the, this. The other thing I think that happens in this season that's is the the dragon. Yeah. White yeah. Water. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Viserion gets killed by uh, the Night King. I think. I think the Night King actually kills him. He and, throws the spear through him. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and then uh, immediately after that, uh, the White Walkers, like uh, the Night King, raises the dead. So he raises like everyone who died uh, north of the Wall, 
And he also raises Viserion, so now they have a dragon on their side. And then with Viserion, they destroy the wall and they uh, travel south. So, and here we are, season eight. This is where everything goes down. So, literally, every everything like goes downhill pretty fast. Sure, they'll wrap it up well. <laughs> yeah, I'm sh- I'm sure like without a hitch, like they'll be they'll be fine. Yeah, but, I'm sure everything we've talked about will get wrapped up nice and well and perfect all in six like, episodes. Yeah, six yeah. episodes. Like, guys, I don't want to jinx. Don't I don't leave anything out. I don't want to jinx myself here, but I'm thinking this might be the most satisfying ending of all time. Like, <laughs> like, all right, let's uh, get into it. Let's just go. Uh, all right, we're all in Westeros now. All of our heroes are on the same side. Whoopee. Now they're all south of the wall, too. They're all south of the wall. Everyone's together except for Cersei and Euron, who nobody who nobody even cares about. But uh, we're all on the same side. Not a lot happens in episode one. I wrote this down. It's just a lot of talking, really. Yeah. It's just a, a lot of talking, a lot of preparation. What's up, Grant? Uh, give me one second. Okay. I think episode one might have been actually my favorite episode of this whole season. Right. Really? Is this where they all like? Is this where they're all like talking to each other? And is this like right before the war? No, that that's episode two. I like episode two a lot. Yeah, I'll talk yeah. about that's, that. They're basically all talking to each other before their certain death. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. So like episode one, Yara, she decides she's going to sail back and retake the Iron Islands. Doesn't make a lot of sense since there's still a war to be fought on the mainland, but. You know, cool. You go, girl. Uh, John learns that his real name is Aegon Targaryen, and he is the true heir to the Iron Throne. And uh, I know we talked about foreshadowing earlier. Um, back all the way back in season one, uh, the last words that Ned says to John before John goes to join the Night's Watch and Ned goes to King's Landing is that the next time we see each other, we'll talk about your mother. And John, when John finds out that he's Aegon Targaryen, he is in the crypt, standing in front of Ned, and Sam tells him about his mother. So that is some pretty good foreshadowing. I don't you know, like. I'm not going to get a lot of chances to compliment this season, so I'm going to take this like really well. Like this is this is a good this is a good example of foreshadowing. I think. Yeah. But yeah. Um. So episode two happens. The armies are setting up shop at Winterfell. They're making dragon glass weapons and they're waiting for the incoming threat of the White Walkers. This is where like all the people are talking and everything. And in this episode, uh, it's one of like the best moments in the season, I think. Uh, Jamie knights Brienne, and yeah. th- that's a really beautiful scene. And you know, like you see the smile on Brienne's face. She's wanted it her entire life. It's such a good scene. I love. Love it very much. Uh, and then afterwards, Podrick just starts singing out of nowhere. He's got the voice of an angel. He can do everything. He's he, the best character in the show. He can quite literally do everything, and I'm so glad he made it to the end. Like He's like such a good character. But at long last, the long night begins, and... I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. I've got a couple lines here. I'm just gonna try and sum up everything that happens. And after I'm done summing up the long night, we'll talk about it. Uh, so Melisandre shows up out of nowhere, and Davos wants to kill her. Not fun. Uh, the White Walkers arrive at Winterfell, and they immediately wipe out all of the Dothraki. 
the army of the dead wash over our heroes and they are all overwhelmed, but not a lot of them die for some reason. Yep. Uh, the Night King is riding on the undead Viserion, and Danny and John ride their dragons to try and kill him. Uh, Arya does some ninja moves and kills a bunch of White Walkers. There's also a scene where Arya is hiding in the library in Winterfell, and it's like the zombies, they turn from like, you know, these fast paced, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, run at you like the speed of light zombies to like walking dead zombies for some reason. I thought that was, I thought that was very strange. Um, yes. Maybe I'm reading into it too much. I don't know. Uh, the Night King falls off Viserion and raises the dead that are around them. And John, like he's surrounded. He shouldn't get out of it alive, but he does. So, yay, John's still here. Uh, <laughs> times John should have died in that episode. There was like ten different times that John easily should have died and he did not. Right. I mean, you could say that for like most of the characters in this episode. Yeah, I guess that's uh, true. Yeah, the dead begin to punch through the stone in the crypt where Sansa, Tyrion, and others are hiding. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I took a year of Taekwondo, and I tried to break a board with my fist, and it hurt. It was not fun. So, so I don't know how these decomposed bodies are punching through six inches of stone. Yeah, I guess, like, yeah. Uh, we talked about that before, where it was like uh, the characters had prior knowledge of the Night King being able to raise the dead, so putting everybody in the crypt is a bad idea, but I didn't even think about how they probably shouldn't have been able to exit the tombs anyway. But, like, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you could say, like, you know, oh my gosh, why were they even in the crypt to begin with? But, like, honestly, I don't see a problem with it. It's the most secure place. And theoretically, human bodies should not be able to punch through stone. So, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's just silly. Uh, but Theon and Jorah sacrifice themselves to save Bran and Danny, respectively. It's very heartbreaking. And, uh, you know, Theon, he finally completes his redemption arc. Uh, in season two, he wanted to kill Bran. But in this season, he decides to save him. I thought that was a really good way to wrap it up for him. Um, and as the Night King goes in to kill Bran, he is jumped by Arya, who kills him using a fancy knife trick, you know, where they drop the knife and everything, and then, like, stab, stab. And uh, because the knife, the Night King is now dead, all of the other White Walkers die along with him. Which I think makes sense, but then again, like, we've talked about this, I love Arya, so I'll defend her to my last breath, but... That is a bit crazy how there's like 20 White Walkers that like John has like it's tough to have hand to hand combat with one of them. And there were so many of them and Arya just jumped over all of them. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she I don't she, understand how she got out of the room. I don't yeah. know. I've always she was trapped in there with Masande and uh, Clegane or was yeah. it? it was those two, right? Mil Melisandre. Then, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I always mess up those names. It, it's but, okay. Yeah. I feel like that that's the thing, though, is with her. Like, I understand that a little bit. I just feel like she's done crazier stuff. She's she's literally done everything. I feel like getting out of a room, she could pull yeah. off. But I don't, you're right. I don't know how. I wish they could have shown it. But yeah. I guess I mean, you don't like, want to have it spoiled that she's going to be the one to stop everything, I guess. But I don't know. I mean, like, 
who would you guys like were you guys satisfied that Aria was the one to kill the night king like i would i would have rather I was, you were <laughs> Aria level i was fine with that i just didn't like the way it happened i thought it was really dumb i mean like personally i know a lot of people were saying like oh my gosh john should be the one to kill the night king but you know like that that's good and everything cuz he's had experience with them before but I mean, Bran is basically the antithesis to the Night King. So, yeah, like, sh- but... shouldn't Bran play some like mind games with him or something, or like do something? Like he was just chilling. I do not like really what they did with Bran's. He's he's like a computer, and then he's not even really himself after he becomes the. That's and he says that too, and it's obvious that he's like, I'm not. He goes. They're like Bran, and he goes, "I'm not really." Like he says it in like that tone of voice too. And you're just kind of like, I mean, okay, like I get it, but it's just kind of frustrating because he's. I mean, I think he was a likable character, but obviously, it, it's hard to write him as someone that's really cool and interesting if he doesn't have the use of his legs. But and I don't know. I feel like they could have done a better job with. Well- writing well true i mean like you talk about like him not being able to use his legs i mean grant doesn't have legs i think he's pretty interesting exactly yeah (laughs) the three-eyed raven yeah he can be the three-eyed raven well that was what's funny too is like him so him like little finger like acting like he was going to manipulate bran by giving him the knife that ultimately ended up killing the night king right and then like and then bran pulls out a quote that he said in like season two or something yeah. like chaos is a ladder and and it was like and he's just realizing like oh he knows everything then which is kind of like if he really can do that i feel like he could have told so many people so many different things that could have derailed so many different things i don't know like right. a bit too powerful of a move there yeah i mean like it's just it's just wasted potential. I I could I can see it going like a hundred different ways, but I I didn't expect that. So I'll give I'll give the writers that like you yeah. know, uh. But yeah, so that's the long night. It was an hour and a half of complete darkness that I had to watch in my dorm room. Blinds rolled down, all the lights turned off, and I had to turn the brightness up on my TV. So that was not fun. But yeah. it's finally over, and now the the most terrifying threat in Game of Thrones is dead. We've after got hour, like the, after like literally yeah. an hour, yeah, like, that was all we got, and we've got three episodes left. What are we yeah. gonna do? Like, <laughs> but I'll tell you what we're gonna do. I'm gonna summarize it. Uh, after the battle, all the armies celebrate the fact that they're still alive. I mean, I would too. Uh, so the lead... we essentially get the same episode that we get in episode two with episode yeah. four. It's just, it's just them preparing for another battle. Yeah. Like, and so, like, yeah, it's uh, the leaders somehow reveal that they have only lost half of their men, which is gosh darn lucky. It looked like they lost all of them for a second there. Uh, but uh, Danny and Sansa argue because they don't like each other. I, I wrote that down because it's just true. Uh, Jamie and Brienne get it on for some reason. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wasn't expecting that. That's for sure. <laughs> like, I. I thought they were more friends than lovers, but you know, whatever. I'm not a writer. Uh, John, Danny, and the armies sail back to Dragonstone, but the Iron Fleet intercepts them and kills Rhaegal, and they capture Masande. Um, 
yeah, that that happens. It's unexpected. Very yeah, it's a very quick death, and you know it's hard to it's hard to wonder why they couldn't see them ahead of them. I mean, there's like twenty ships there, but you know, let's move on. Arya and the Hound begin to ride to King's Landing so they can kill Cersei. Uh, Jamie goes back to King's Landing to save Cersei, so it's a little uh, counterproductive there. Uh, Cersei kills Missandei, and Danny gets ticked. And uh, now, just like that, we are at episode five, the last. I mean, it's the second to last episode, but this is one where like people really got mad about. So let's keep going. Uh, Varys learns the truth about John and begins to plot to get him on the Iron Throne. Danny learns of his betrayal and sentence, sentences him to death. Uh, you know, poor Varys. I I thought he was you know better at keeping secrets than that, but. Let's move on. Have you ever seen have you ever seen that actor's reaction to like they're like all reading it together and then like he sees that like he's that's the way he's gonna die and he's just like pissed. Yeah. Like he like throws the script and he's like, all right, whatever. I mean, because like this character he's been around since season one. You know, he's so a great he, character too. He's a gr- great character, very well written character until now where he just acts like an idiot. So yeah. I mean, yeah, it's sad, but the actor had a justified reaction, I think, to his to his death. Uh, Danny declares that she cannot rule by love, so she decides to rule through fear, and she does this after John refuses to sleep with her. I'm not saying that there's a correlation between the two, but this is just a it's just a fact. It happens. It like, like I mean, it's it's sad, really, because I thought Daenerys was more than that, but. Bonk. So, uh, the Battle of King's Landing begins, and it is over in, like, five minutes. And I'm not kidding. It is. Like, Danny Danny destroys the Iron Fleet, the Golden Company, and all the Scorpions with just Drogon. So you wonder why she even needed the armies to begin with. Uh, after she does this, the armies of the North, the Unsullied, and the Dothraki, they all sack the city. Uh, the Lannister army uh, surrenders very quickly, and the bells ring in King's Landing, signaling a surrender. So... You know, obviously, it's a great victory for Danny. Great victory for John. Great victory for all the good guys. Let's let's peacefully end this war and let's have you on the Iron Throne. But oh no! After a long series of looks and uncomfortable silences, Danny begins to fly away on Drogon and burn the living heck out of everyone in King's Landing. Why? So yeah. That to me is the biggest letdown and the most awful writing that appears in the show. Like I, this entire show, and and Tyrion talks about it too, where he's like he's like believed in her, and everyone saw it come. Well, that's the okay. So you believe in Daenerys, and everyone's like Daenerys is going to be this ruler that is like different than everybody else, and you want that to be the case. But she realizes like through all this stuff that. Being a leader is hard, but she can still do it. Like, she's a Targaryen. She has a right to the throne, blah, blah, blah. But she's, like, developing as his character. And all of a sudden, season eight comes, and she just gets bitter about everything. And then it, and then that episode comes. They win the fight. She's going to be queen. And she's just like, eh, whatever. I'll just kill everybody. And it's, like, that doesn't not line with her character at all throughout the first like seven seasons of the show yeah. and then like it's like they try to backtrack in the beginning of season eight and make her seem like she's some bitter mean 
awful person when she was not ever until right. that point. Like, it, just because John doesn't like her, like, there's no, <laughs> like, what? I, I don't know. It's well, gr- well, well, Grant, you actually like this this twist a little bit. I mean, you, you, you understand it more than others, I would say. Um, I, I, I like the I, connection I, I, between her burning down the city and, I mean, what the Mad King wanted to do originally. But I mean, I didn't necessarily like it. Yeah, I, I, I didn't. I, I didn't I mean to put words in your mouth. I didn't. I didn't yeah. mean to put. I didn't mean to put words in your mouth. But like, yeah, no, the con- I mean, in theory, the connection between you know her father obviously wanting to burn down the whole city and her actually burning down the whole city, it sounds really good on paper, but. You know, I don't know what it is. Maybe the seasons were too short. Maybe there should have been more episodes, more time to develop this. It just seems rushed and out of character. But you know, let's let's keep going, and you know, we'll we'll crap on this season even more. Uh, so yeah, uh, begins to burn everyone. John is shocked, and the battle suddenly starts up again. Uh, Arya makes it to the Red Keep, but the Hound convinces her to turn back. The Hound continues forward to kill the Mountain. Uh, Arya, well, not only good part, but definitely a good part of this episode. Yeah, I mean, like I I know uh, the Clegane Bowl of sorts was a was a big meme, <laughs> but you know, I I I enjoy I enjoyed seeing it. I mean, the Hound finally got his revenge, basically. Uh, Arya tries to help as many people as she can get to safety, and she is terrible at it. It's probably all those years of killing finally, uh, you know, not paying off. Uh, Jamie gets into the Red Keep via the secret smuggler's entrance, but kills Euron before he gets in. Uh, yeah, so Euron's dead. I'm happy and glad he's gone. So, yeah, good riddance, Euron. Uh, the Hound pushes himself and the Mountain off of a cliff into a pillar of fire, killing them both. So, you know, pillar of fire, kind of, kind of symbolic for the hound and everything you know he got his face burned early on in his life uh cersei and jamie reunite one last time before they are crushed by the crumbling castle uh and danny eventually gets tired or drogon runs out of breath or something and the massacre is just over and uh aria is the only one in the city to make it out alive so <laughs> i mean like dude i know you love aria but this is just like she's the only one to survive unstoppable Really unstoppable force. Like there are scenes in the episode where buildings literally fall on top of her, and then they cut away, and then the next scene she's just laying on top of rubble, and she's just like, oh, oh, oh. you know, it's just like, what? How did that happen? Like, yep. I mean, still love you, Arya. Hey, what do we say to the god of death, Eli? Not today. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, episode five. That was a. Uh, real crap storm let's episode six this is where it all comes to end the season the series finale at least until they decide to reboot it in like 10 years or so uh let's keep it going so after the battle is over Tyrion renounces danny probably because she's insane and tells john that she must die uh danny uh enters the red keep and walks towards the iron throne john enters the room and while giving her a kiss, he stabs her through the heart, killing her. Ooh. Yeah. Big moment right there. I mean, I, yeah, that's, bad, pretty bad, big. Bad. That's, a, that's a pretty big moment. 
Grant, your your thumb is down. Why? I I don't know. I mean, at that point of the show, everything was just going all over the place. I didn't even know how to feel about that. I mean, it's it's kind of rushed a little bit. I mean, like she she gets stabbed by John within like the first twenty minutes of the episode. Yeah. So yeah. It just it it doesn't seem right. I don't know. Like, anyways, like that's the thing too. Well, like, and Tyrion, Tyrion's imprisoned, and then John meets with him, and Tyrion's like, "You have to kill her," and John's like, "Do I have to?" And Tyrion's like, "Yeah," and he's like, "Darn," and then he goes and does it. Like that's like, like you, yeah, it's like oh okay. Oh, darn it. Yeah, <laughs> but the point is, Danny is dead. Drogon burns the Iron Throne because I don't know why. Like, is Drogon secretly is Drogon yeah. secretly smart, or is Drogon the writer of the show? Well, is Drogon, I, I'm willing to believe that he is smart, but him being smart enough to be like, man, this would be great symbolism for all the viewers at home is just crazy. I thought that was a little corny. Yeah, yeah like, I mean, it's again on paper seems like a really good idea, but not a good idea. Don't do it. Uh, all right, so that's that, and some time passes after that. Winter literally comes and goes within like a month, I think. So not, you know, not much of a fuss there. And the lords of winter of of uh, Westeros, sorry, they elect a new king, Bran Stark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? How are we feeling about our new king? <laughs> I hated that so much. They, they elected. They. I mean. Okay. Well. I, I. I don't know. It's just. They were like, well, people are going to be unhappy with whoever we choose. So how about we just choose? No one can be upset with this because he's not even really a person. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can, like that's literally what it was they're like nobody yeah. can really get mad because he's like what are you gonna do be mad that a crippled computer can like be the king like i don't no one's gonna be mad at it so they're like yeah that works when, when in reality it's like the worst possible choice i mean maybe <laughs> not maybe not in universe but like outside of it it's like why like there's there's no reason and Tyrion tries he says that's his reasoning for him becoming king is like a good everyone loves good stories and Bran has a good story. Yeah. And it's like, oh that, okay. That quote right there, that's like a that's like a grandpa at the end of a movie, like reading his kid a book. Like everyone loves a good story, and that's a good story. <laughs> yeah. And, who would you so oh sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, go ahead, please. I was just gonna ask who would you guys I mean, unless you were fine with Bran getting it in the end, who would you have rather um, seen get the Iron Throne? I mean, for me, it like it might be cliche, and it might go like it might be you know sort of what people expect, but there's a reason for that. I think Jon Snow should have got it. Like, yeah. I mean, Jon not only is he the rightful heir to the Iron Throne, he also killed the person who's responsible for the most amount of deaths in Westeros, like. He he deserved it. I mean, he should be rewarded as being a hero, but he's not. So, I definitely I, thought. Oh, sorry, Drew. Go ahead. No, I think I think they definitely. Now, I I liked. I honestly didn't dislike the fact that Samuel Tarley brought up 
why don't the people decide? And they're all like, yeah. oh, we're rich and no one cares about them. Yeah. But I think if they did that, and that was funny. Like, I thought that actually was whatever, like, believable. But yeah. I, I think they could have gone that route and elected John. And it would have been, like, a cool coming. Like, because there's people, a lot of those people know who John is. They know that he killed the person that destroyed the city. Yeah, and obviously the North is voting for him, right? And like, I feel like he would definitely would be the favorite in an election, and I think that would be believable. And but John might not even want it. Is the problem? I don't want it. She's my <laughs> queen. I love you. Sorry, but like that's like all his lines in this season, and it's yeah. so ridiculous. Like, He's I mean, like, like a sad puppy. The whole yeah, time. the fact that I mean, we're talking about voting. I mean, if the fact that John is the "Quote unquote son," he was raised by Ned Stark. That should get him tons of points because yeah. everywhere in Westeros, people know Ned Stark's name, and they're just like, "Oh my gosh, that's Ned Stark. That's a that's yeah. an honorable guy." I mean, like, come on, like it's the obvious choice. I don't know why the writers just decided to subvert our expectations for no reason. Yeah. Like, but I mean, after this, Sansa declares herself the queen in the North. So now <laughs> it's yeah that I mean. To, for what it's worth, I think Sansa, she had like the most complete character arc out of everyone. She wanted to be queen in the first season, and then eventually she becomes queen of her own like sovereign state, basically. So, you know, I, I, I can kind of respect that. She, she is what she is. And yeah. I think, when, and she got what she wanted. But at times early, she was annoying. And then she becomes, and then you feel bad for her. Because of obviously the Ramsey situation, yeah, and then it comes back to where she's a little bit annoying, but she's also smart and makes good decisions. So she makes up for her kind of being bossy a little bit. But that's who she is, and she's so I don't right. know. I think she plays her character well. Oh yeah, I mean, like every let, let's let's just make a disclaimer right now. Everyone on this show plays their character to perfection. Yeah, true. It's it's the writing that is bad. You forget that you forget that they are acting. Like, I don't see them as acting. There's very few times where I'm, like, put off by the way someone acts in the show. Like, I I can't think of of an instance. Right. I guess he's wrong maybe a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's that's why it's hard for a lot of actors on the show to get other jobs, because they're seen as their characters. Like, but anyways, Arya decides to travel and discover lands outside of Westeros. I don't, I mean... It, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how I feel about it. <laughs> like, really? I mean, because, so, like, why is that? I mean, because, like, like, at least from what I saw, her whole character arc, at least, is either like she's going to pursue her list of revenge killing, she's going to kill everyone, or she's going to realize that it's dumb and she should, she should co- go back to her family. But yeah. then in the end, it's just like, okay, she does neither. She she realizes that it's dumb, but she doesn't go back to her family. She decides to go off to other lands, which the, I thought, which she already did. Like, I will. I'll discount the 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 list thing. I think she completely learned from Clegane, and Clegane says to her, "Revenge isn't like what I am like I'm driven by revenge towards my brother and right. it's ruined my life don't let that happen to you 
And I think that's why she moved away from that. As far as her family, like, I understand, like, I wanted her to stay too. And I was a little bit surprised that she wanted to like go off and do whatever. But she, you see with like Gendry, she could have easily settled down. But if she's with her family, she could have been knighted, I guess. But it's just like her situation. She goes, I want to go out and do my own thing because I'm different. I feel like than everybody else here and she can do whatever she wants. I think she's just wants to be her own person. Right. Somewhere else. Yeah. And you know, like I mean, Aria, like she's such a likable character and it's just like, even, even like the questionable things about her character arc, I can kind of forgive that just because she, you know, she's, she's a fan favorite. That's for sure. Um, and the last thing of the series, John goes back to the night's watch. So he, his character arc, goes just full circle and he's back to being a loser on the night's watch so yeah. uh the end that's it reunited with his dog too yeah yeah that is that like is the uh, last surviving direwolf i'm fairly certain right yeah that's that's the one positive of the season he gets to go off and have more adventures with ghosts so is Arya's direwolf still alive it might be still alive because, like, I remember she saw it in I season seven. Came, yeah, she came face to yeah, face. Yeah, so it, it's, and then that's enough. Oh, I completely forgot about that. I guess she, when she has that moment where she's like, "It's not," she's just come with me or whatever, and you won't come, and she's like, "It's not who you are. Like, you don't, you aren't a follower of, like, you aren't going to follow me around because that's not who you are." And she's like, "I, I think that's what she feels too." So yeah. she has a connection with her dog <laughs> yeah well guys uh i mean i think we've we've hit all the points that we were going to talk about grant uh you suggested that we do a character draft to find out who who the best characters really are in this show and mm -hmm. I, I think i think it's a good idea drew what do you say sounds good okay let's go uh grant since you suggested it you go first drew second and then i'll go third uh best or favorite characters uh either i mean because i mean like you're not picking for ones you want in a fight you're picking ones that well you... no i'm saying yeah like i thought joffrey was a great character just because of how uh unlikable he was but like he right. definitely was one of my favorites so I, let uh, let's let's go best then because then we can include villains as well okay. because like let's be, let's be honest like a lot of a lot of the characters in Game of Thrones are really unlikable so um, okay so I feel like there's a very well maybe not clear one one but a one one that a lot of people would take but I'm gonna go away from that I'm gonna go with my favorite character uh, Tyrion yeah. Lannister always just kind of behind the scenes of all these rulers and um, just getting stuff done. I mean, never I, really yeah. a bad guy and had some very, very great scenes. So I, mean, I would make the argument that that is the clear one, one right there. Okay. Like, I mean, as far as favorite characters or yes, yeah. I mean, I was always rooting for him. Even at the end, I wanted him to get the iron throne. So, right. I mean, he, he becomes the hand of the King at the end. So, I mean, yeah. It works out for him. So not something he wanted, but something he received. Yeah. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> uh Drew, number two to you. All right. Uh think think I'm just gonna go 
the easy route and take Jon Snow. Yep. Just he's the I mean, in a show like this, you almost have to have him. He's doesn't lose battles. He doesn't uh go against his morals. He's just a stand up, easily likable, just amazing character that is a badass. Oh. Yeah. It, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, we talked about a show like Game of Thrones for literally an hour and 50 minutes. I think we can drop a couple of those. We're fine. Okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, this is another obvious pick in my eyes. I'm going Rob Stark. And then immediately after that, I'm going Arya Stark. So the Stark siblings, I think they're, I think they're the two best Stark siblings. I mean, I'm a little bit biased. But... Excluding the Targaryen, John. Yeah, exactly. I mean, John. John's not a John's not a Stark. He said it a hundred times. Let's. Do you guys want to go four picks or five? Um, five. There's so many. Yeah. You thinking five? All right. Drew, back to you. Uh, wait. Who'd you pick, Eli? I'm sorry. Uh, Arya. Rob, Rob, and Arya. Okay. Can't believe Arya's not going to be on my squad. That's so upsetting. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with. Daenerys, yeah, I got the. Uh, there might be some chemistry issues with my team so far, but <laughs> yeah, little, yeah, you got to keep your head focused on the game, dude. Yeah, but uh, I mean, again, I don't think it's pretty self-explanatory. She's, uh, despite what happened with her in season eight, um, she is, uh, an amazing character, and everyone loved her, and she's also very attractive. Yeah, she's an absolute rocket ship. You got that right. Uh, Grant, you got two picks. Um, okay. So for my first one, I will go with Joffrey. Ooh. Um, I thought, I mean, as a villain, if you can get just everyone to hate you, then you did your job. And I feel like that's exactly what he did. Like from the first moment he was on the screen. Um, and then. I'll just stay in the Lannister family. I'll go with Cersei. Good one. I didn't necessarily like her, but she was definitely behind the scenes of everything bad going on in the show. So yeah, you got to give her credit for that. Yeah. Technically speaking, you have three Lannisters on your squad. Yeah. 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 So that that's quite impressive that you did that. Uh, so it's my turn. Yep. Um, I'll steal a Lannister and I'll go Jamie. Ah, mm. oh, you, oh, you dirty dog. That was going to be my pick. Great character. Uh, he's obviously from the first episode, you're kind of set up to hate him yeah. from attempting to murder a child because he was having sex with his sister. That's not a good start. Yeah. Not a great, not a great way. He had, he had to, he had a long road to come back from. For the fans yeah. to love and he, him, and and that's the thing is he still made questionable decisions, but at, you could tell that he had a heart, and he actually he wasn't just some uh, crazy lunatic like some of his family members. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a hard category to be in for sure. And him and, and him and Tyrion's bond was something that was very cool to see throughout the show as well. Yeah. All right, so I've got two. And uh, I'm going to go a couple of back-to-back picks. And these guys are only on there for one season. I'm going Oberyn Martell and Ned Stark. Good picks. 
to I mean the fact that they resonated so well with audiences and had such little time uh, speaks volumes to me. So that's who I'm going with. And Drew, it's going to go back to you. All right. I'm going to pull out a bit of a wild card here. I'm going to go Olena Tyrell. Ooh. She, I mean, she is so. That's the thing is, I don't know. She was always just straightforward and blunt with everybody. Like, I guess she kind of fits that stereotype that people give like older people where they just don't have a filter and they just say what they're thinking. Right. But she's so smart. And she just didn't take crap from anybody. And it was so entertaining to have her just like tell people how it was in a show full of people that just didn't do that she was right. just so straightforward i don't know i really liked her and you got to give her a ton of points for being the one who killed joffrey baratheon right so right little finger was a part of it but whatever yeah Let, let's not give him credit okay uh grant your final two uh for my first one i'm gonna go with the hound he was definitely one of my favorite characters uh clegane I don't, there's a lot that I want to pick for this last one. Um, um, I'll go with another one of my favorite characters, um, Samuel Tarly. Sam, yeah, Sam. loyal, loyal Sam. I mean, you don't like in fiction. You don't get many better best friends than Samuel Tarly. Yep. So that's a good pick. Drew, your last pick. Last pick. There's a few that I'm hemming and hawing about. But, uh, you know, I don't have at least... I'm, or, well, I guess I have uh, a Targaryen and John, but I'm going to go Ned Stark. Or has he already been picked? I picked Ned Stark. You did. And right. you, you already have Daenerys, too. Oh, she's a Stark? Well, I guess oh. no. I'm saying John. I have John. He's Targaryen. So is Daenerys. Oh, okay. I thought you. I thought you said like, oh, I don't have a Targaryen. I was like, I was gonna oh. say, I guess he is a Targaryen because I was picking Ned. But okay. I will go. I'll just. I'll pick another Tyrell. I'll go. Uh, Marjorie. Good one. Good uh, dude. She's a yeah. great character. In terms great. of attract. In terms of attract. In terms of attractiveness, your team is clearing. Yeah, I, I have a. I have a preference. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Like that is that's impressive, but all right, I've got last pick. I mean, I and I got to make this a good one. I mean, I could go with the fan favorites, some of some of the the sweet teddy bears, like you know, Podrick. I could go Hodor. Hodor, you got Hodor. Bronze on the table too. Bronze on the table, but you know, I mean, for me. I gotta go Tywin Lannister because mm. because Tywin Lannister is just a tall version of Tyrion, Marley. and it is and like I love when they have scenes together. He's so smart. Yeah. So did no one pick Bran? No one picked Bran, and that's okay. All right, that's what I thought. I think I no one, saw. No one's got to. No one's got to pick Bran. Okay. And no, I just wanted to make sure. He's yeah. not. Anymore, I wasn't gonna pick really. him, but yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Oh you my get gosh! Two for one for that pick. Yeah, I yeah, uh, definitely almost picked Hodor for my last one. Yeah, I was thinking about taking Hodor. Really wanted to. It was between him and Sam. Uh, also, I don't think did anyone pick Sir Davos? Davos is another one that I really like. 
I, I really like Davos. It would be a shame if we made it through this entire episode and didn't talk about uh, Tormund. He's he's an awesome yeah. character, and that's and I I would depict him too. But he's I don't know. He's a just a you got to get to know get to know him, I guess. But he's a yeah. little bit blunt, but he he's just a great character. I love. I mean, him. I mean, like when I was. When I was doing the summaries and everything, I kind of lumped Tormund in with like the wildlings all together yeah. and everything. I mean, but like, I mean, he he stands out literally. He's got this you know huge hair, this huge red beard, and everything. It's just like he's he's a loyal best friend to John, and uh, you know he has the hots for Brienne of Tarth. And that you know? crush like, with Brienne of Tarth that is some that was really funny. That was, that was the highlight funny. of the last season, to be honest. When James yeah. Jamie takes Brienne or follows her back to her room and Tyrion just pours his wine into yeah uh, cup just to be like, it's all right, man, <laughs> you'll get him next time. I mean, like, yeah, that was gold, dude. <laughs> Another character. I don't think we've mentioned this entire time. Uh, hot pie, hot uh, pie. Yeah. <laughs> Had the hot, hot just kind of, uh, just kind of there. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. A hot <laughs> pot, a hot pie was like the third wheel. With Arya and Gendry, like he was just there for a little bit, and then like he just hops off the train and just decides to be a baker, like <laughs> halfway through. It's just like so strange, but and he was awful to start out, and then he learned how to be a really good cook eventually. Yeah, and it's just like you know when you look back at all the characters that they had to spend time on, they had to spend time on this guy. <laughs> it's just like okay, cool. Like it fleshes out the world, I guess. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this concludes the first episode of The Incompetent Critic presented by I'm No Genius. And, uh, we hope you enjoyed our Game of Thrones review. And we're going to post our draft of Game of Thrones characters on the net. So please, uh, vote on who has the best lineup. Um, Grant, any final thoughts before we leave? Uh, great episode. Been looking forward to this for a while. If anyone listening out there has any other uh, shows they want us to discuss, do reviews on, definitely let us know. We're open to um, suggestions. And yeah. Yeah. We're also open to rejecting those suggestions. So don't be afraid to get your feet wet. Uh, Drew, final thoughts. Uh. It's an amazing show. If you haven't seen it and you watch this, I don't know why you did that because we just ruined the whole thing. But yeah. uh, definitely watch it again if you haven't seen it because it's worth watching again. It definitely is. You get more out of it the second time almost as much as you do the first. Yeah. And uh, I would love to come back and review more shows with you guys, especially uh, Breaking Bad if that happens. Absolutely. Yeah. Big- Mark, so. mark your calendars. There will be a Breaking Bad episode. I guarantee that when this episode inevitably takes off, uh, we will definitely do a Breaking Bad episode because that's one of the greatest shows of all time. But uh, in terms of Game of Thrones, I think uh, despite all of its faults, I think it's one of the greatest shows of all time. It could have been the greatest show ever, and I will give it a very respectable 9.6 out of 10 on, the Eli, on the Eli scale. Eli's scale has uh, been proven to been the most foolproof scale in all of critics. Thank you. You know, I, I, I do it because I love it. I don't do it for the money. Uh, but, um, yeah. 
from everyone here at I'm No Genius. He's been Grant. He's been Drew. I've been Eli. And your watch has officially ended. Thank you for watching. We'll see you next time.